Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. Time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. Let's go. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slam and pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really couldn't have devoured him And from that point then we hear a name change Rearrange the game so now we gotta change uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Episode 244, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. I am Chris Featherstone. Of course, you can follow us at Crave Wrestling on Twitter and the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, 244 episodes. I finally got an opportunity to get get this wonderful person on the show. He is a legend in the pro wrestling business. He is a loyal person in the wrestling business and uh you know it, it's 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 a it's a pleasure to be able to interview this awesome person former nwa heavyweight champion world heavyweight champion multiple championships from tna he is uh he is a, a wonderful wrestler one of the best characters that pro wrestling has seen at least in the past dozen years so i would like to introduce to this episode none other Ladies and gentlemen, then the man himself, the monster abyss. How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. fantastic, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I know it took a little while, so I'm glad we finally got together and uh, got this to happen. So. Absolutely, man. It's been a pleasure uh, uh, to talk to you a little bit off of uh, uh, the um, 
off the record and then as far as uh, on the show as well. Uh, so far, so good. And I'm looking forward to this discussion we're going to have tonight. So uh, you've got a, a big uh, event coming up that you work with my buddy uh, David Hero, um, who's all, who's been a co-host on the show before. Um, it's called Blizzard Brawl. It's it's uh, been going on for quite some time now, and I've seen some old pictures with uh, you and David. You you and David have a storied rivalry as far as Blizzard Brawl is concerned. I saw a video that happened today that you uh, threw a promo in as far as uh, warning David and uh, let him know. Uh, you know he he's most likely going to listen to the show as well as thousands of other people. Uh, let David Hero know and the and the people who will attend Break Blizzard Brawl. What are you going to bring to the show? Well, who knows, man? You know what I mean? Like David is David. David's my arch nemesis. I'm not a big fan of his. I never have been. Uh, never been a fan of what he does. So I mean, I'm look, I'm looking forward to Blizzard Ball. I got him last year, uh, and uh, you know, this year it's a cage match. Uh, Damien and myself against him and Al Snow. So I'm I'm really excited about it. Uh, you know, uh, I'm sure Janice will make an appearance there. I'm sure that there'll be uh, a potpourri of, of, uh, of good uh, of, uh, good uh, weapons and so forth involved. Nice. Who, who came up? Uh, with the idea behind Janice, uh, that is one of the most uh, fearful uh, uh, instruments that anyone has ever carried to a ring. Why a spiked uh, piece of wood? Why not? Good question. That's why. Uh, yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, it's, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's my, you know, it's, uh, it's my two by four. It's my, you know, it's it's part of me. It's part of a bit. So uh, I think it defines me uh, a little bit. Uh, you know, it's a it's a good weapon to have. You know, and it will always comes in handy. <laughs> Absolutely. You've had Janice for quite some time now, haven't you? Gosh, I've been here since like I think maybe 2008. Yeah. She's been around for seven or eight years. Yes. Wow. She's got some longevity in her. Yeah. Nice. Who came up with that name? Uh, I did actually uh, myself and, and uh, another uh, colleague of mine came up with it. Uh, it's uh, got a special meaning uh, that I, you know, I won't share, but it definitely has a special meaning. Nice, so, nice, awesome. Yeah. So you came with Janice and TNA, and you have been one of the most faithful people uh, in the entire. Uh, company of TNA through and through, uh, you've seen the ebbs and flows. You've seen a uh, a litany of, uh, of executive come and come and go. What makes it? Uh, what about TNA that that basically just uh, grabs your devotion and your loyalty to the company? Uh, for me, it's home. You know what I mean. I spent my my entire career there, most of my adult life, all going on sixteen years. Uh, you know, 15, 16 years with the company, and to me, it's always been home. You know, I've always felt great there. I've always felt a great sense of purpose there. Uh, the company has treated me just fantastic, you know, throughout uh, since 2003 when I joined the company uh, at the beginning. And, uh, you know, Dixie Carter, the, the, the whole the whole company, uh, you know, Dean Broadheads, the whole group uh, uh, has been just great to me. And I've been very fortunate. I've had a lot of longevity there. Provide that. So. Yeah, yeah. And you worked in uh, 
just a, a number of independent promotions uh, before TNA. Where were you at specifically that you were spotted from uh, NWA TNA um, at, at the time? Uh, you know, it really, it was, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was coming up doing a lot for Bill Barron's okay. uh, in Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, at Wildside, uh, and so forth. But what, what really got me right break in TNA was Dutch Mantel. Um, you know, Dirty Dutch, uh, Zeb Coulter, uh, some people may know him as, but uh, Dutch really did the, probably more for me than anybody uh, in my career as far as helping me uh, get to the next uh, level, get to the next step in my career and so forth. You know, I spent a year with him in Puerto Rico at IWA there back in 2002. And it, was, it was the best year I ever spent in wrestling. I learned so much. I made so many connections. Uh, I uh, got to really uh, pick the brains of some great minds. You know, Dutch Mantel is an incredible mind, Savio Vega and so forth. And yeah. so, uh, you know, I, I really, it was a great opportunity for me, and it really opened up the doors to TNA. Yeah, that's awesome. And of course, we all know that you've been you've been in TNA through and through, and you've uh, you've had a, a bunch of different incarnations of Abyss, all of them scary. <laughs> and uh and I think it really embodies uh just a character, just a just a character in wrestling. I talk about this all the time on my show. Uh wrestling is, is about characters. Uh what's what happens outside a lot of times more than what happens inside. I think you embody that as far as the character abyss. Uh speaking of a character, uh there there, there was you know, a lot of um uh, Stories going around, and based on you know an uh, uh, interview that you had before, of uh, you per- uh, particularly being contacted uh, at, a, at a time from the WWE to be an opponent of the Undertaker. Um, now, were there any other times that you were contacted? And of course, of course, you you denied it because you you, you stayed with with uh, with TNA. Now, what? How did that go about? Like, what what was it about you that they saw uh, that was that that drew their interest for them to be interested in you at least once? Uh, you know, I don't know what I don't know what drew their interest. I, I just know that there was interest there, and you know, I was uh, I was at a time in my in my career where uh, you know my contract was coming up, but, but I decided to stay with you. And it, it is true. I've said it before on other podcasts. You know, there. There was definitely uh, an offer there in 2006 to, to work with Undertaker and so forth. But again, you know, it, you know, I was such a, a, a big part of the beginning of TNA. I was such a, uh, a, a homegrown talent, a base talent that they were building around and so forth. So I, I, I decided to stay, and I've had no regrets, to be honest with you. I've really, uh, like I said, uh, TNA's been my home. And, treated me so good so uh it was you know it was uh it was a pretty in the end it was a pretty dis- easy decision for me to make and uh you know i've never looked back it's been yeah. a, it's been a great uh, 15 years that's awesome well you got a chance to work with a uh just about equally legendary name um my uh the my favorite wrestler of all time sting uh, so that was an opportunity that you got by staying with uh, and, and and being with tna yeah, how, how was that, that was- that was fantastic, you know, working working with Steve Borden and, you know, Sting, you know, he's he just a fantastic, fantastic human being, so a great person to be around, a lot of fun to work with. Uh, you know, we did do, we got, we did seven or eight pay-per-views in a row, I think, yeah. like in 2007 and 2008. Uh, it was just a huge honor to, to be able to be in the ring with him and to pick his brain and to, 
and, uh, you know, learn from his experiences in this thing. And at the same time, you know, he just was so open-armed about it and, and really embraced me from the time we met. And, uh, you know, it was a fantastic, uh, really good experience. One of my favorites of all time in wrestling. That's absolutely incredible. Uh, what are some, what are the biggest takeaways you got working with Sting? Uh, takeaways how? What do you mean? Just what, what's the takeaway? You said that you were picking his brain. Like, what were some takeaways? Oh, you know, I mean, just a lot of little things. You know, just uh, you know, a lot of a lot of character things. And mm-hmm. you know, that's the biggest thing I learned was was to maximize the character. That's probably one of the biggest things I learned from Sting was maximize the character and get everything you can get out of that character. And you know, when you think you've turned over every rock, you know, there's probably a few more you can turn over and then really expose new levels to the character and so forth. So. Uh, you know, that and just being smart about everything you do. And I just learned a ton from him. And uh, it was a, just a fantastic uh, learning experience for me and, and a wrestling experience. That's awesome. Yeah. So since you've been there for so long, are you one of the generals in the, in the backstage now as far as people just giving you uh, your due respect? Uh, you know, I get great respect from the roster that's there. It's, it's such a, an incredibly hungry young roster there it's, i'm so proud of everybody there to be around them to be involved with them all uh, to see some of the younger talent coming up the jesse goddard's the robbie mm-hmm. the ethan carter's the spuds the you know the those kind of guys the, the um uh um uh gosh i'm just i'm drawing a blank on some of the names but uh you know just, uh, just eli great, drake. great talent there eli drake is another eli drake is you know, he's only scratched the surface of what you're going to see. This oh, absolutely. He's, he's an incredible talent. My God, I, I've been around him for a couple of years now, and I've just seen how much better and how much he's grown just in a year or two. Uh, I agree. Five years, he he really hasn't even scratched the surface yet. He's another one, you know. Um, Drew Galloway's another one. What a hungry young piece of talent he is. You know, uh, minds are so fun to be around, um, so passionate about everything they do. Um, so it's been great, and they've given me great respect in return. And I've tried to help where I can, and, and when I when it's when it's you know appropriate to, to give a little wisdom if I can uh, in some scenarios. So it's you know it's it's been fantastic. I enjoy every bit of it, and it's 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 fun watching these young guys grow up in the business and, and, and accomplish things that I've accomplished. Uh, it's, it's really uh, cool to see it. Exactly. Absolutely. So speaking of those talents, you know, there's been a, a, a bit of a direction change going on with the company um, that uh, I, I've talked to you and I've talked to other people that uh, a lot of people think that it's a positive direction. Um, any word on just like the, the, the tapings and just uh, from from a direction, from a positive standpoint? Uh, you know, in a positive standpoint, everything is everything is A1 a with us. You know, it's, it's going to be an interesting year coming up. I I know uh, that we're planning on taping the next set in early January uh, of tapings and so forth. And, uh, you know, I think the company is really going to be able to settle down now and focus on the future. Uh, and I think it's a bright future. Like I said, there's a lot of hungry talent there. There's a lot of great people working behind the scenes um, to make it a great place to, to be at and to work. And, and it's really – I think it's really going to come together. I think 2017 is going to be a fantastic year for the company. Fantastic. So what has your best feud been in TNA? Oh, God, I've had a bunch, man. You know, I've had a lot of favorites. You know, I don't know about my – I, I would honestly say my best feud overall throughout the years would probably be me and AJ. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I had some great matches with him. and 
he's another one, uh, just a, an incredible talent, um, an incredible human being, uh, just a, just an unbelievable person to be around. Uh, you know, we kind of came up together. We, we cut our teeth in wild side with Bill, you know, a little bit. And, and that's where I first met him and got to work with him there a little bit. And we worked a lot in the early TNA days and, and throughout, you know, the building that foundation. So uh, the, the core of the company. So, uh, you know, just some, some great experiences with him and, and some incredible, probably my best matches ever with him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's easy to have a best when it comes with uh, with AJ Styles. Um, and, and then one of the final things I want to talk about is uh, the – the the newest version of Abyss we've been seeing over the past few months is uh, a team with Crazy Steve, um, with with Kay, uh, and and Rosemary, you know, who who won the uh, the women's championship, the uh, knockouts championship, and you uh, both had the tag team championships, and how was it, uh, and how is it uh, being with the K, uh, it's the first time that you had an opportunity to be unmasked, although you have paint, but there's unmasked uh, for the first time. You know, well, you have, you have, you, yeah, I'm still uh, the, the okay, yeah the Joseph Park. Um, you know, you had that, but at the same time, as far as Abyss is concerned, this is the first time that you had an opportunity to be unmasked, although you do have paint. Um, but how is it like? What was the idea behind the K? And for some odd reason, it's it's became one of the best uh, attractions in TNA. How did it come about, and, and what are your thoughts on Decay? You know, I love Decay. It's it's really cool. Uh, it's something. You know, I, I've been around. I've been around TNA for 15 years, going on 16. And I've been in the wrestling business for 22 years. So, you know, I've done a lot, and I've, I've been fortunate enough in my career to be able to do a lot in there. But you know. The, Decay is something, one of the few things that uh, that the, I didn't really explore the character. So it was really kind of new and fresh for me. And, and you mentioned uh, Rosemary and Crazy Steve. You know, the, the, those are two young talents that I, I should have mentioned earlier. Two young talents, two incredibly hungry talents, two, two very bright, uh, very intelligent, um, very smart wrestlers. You know, they're fun to be around. We, we all three of us really bond well together. It's been a great relationship. Uh, you know, I knew Crazy Steve a little bit uh, in the beginning before um, from from other experiences, um, uh, but I never met Rosemary before. So, so we coming together with the whole decay thing and the, the face paint. It's just something different that I hadn't done. Uh, and like you said, it has become one of the biggest attractions. I'm really proud of that because. You know, I'm not as young as springtime anymore. Those guys really have to bring the youth and the energy, and I bring a little bit of the wisdom, and we all kind of roll into one big uh, sandwich, and, and we've all kind of uh, fed into it, and we all believe in it, and, you know, it's it's really exciting. I'm I'm really proud of what we've done. Uh, <clears throat> super proud of what we did with the Hardys. Oh, yeah. Um, really proud of the deleter decay. Uh, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't give out a huge shout-out to Jeremy Borash because – you know, he is just—he's uh, a guy who doesn't get nowhere near the credit that he deserves. Uh, he's just—he's an all-star. Anything he touches turns to gold. Uh, and the, the leader to K stuff, you know, was a, was just a large portion of his efforts. And um, so that's been fantastic to do. And I, and I think there's going to be a lot of cool stuff coming up in the future. You know, stay tuned. Uh, make sure you watch the Christmas episode. It's, uh, going to be a pretty neat uh, total nonstop deletion. Uh, you know, probably the next uh, 
the next sequel off, if you will, into the, the leader of decay, and that's coming up. So that's going to be exciting to see. So a lot of a lot of great stuff going on. Awesome. It's been a pleasure, Abyss. I uh, appreciate you. Uh, let the listeners know one more time about what's going on this weekend. Uh, Blizzard Brawl, House of Hardcore. You know, that's another great – this is the first year that, that uh, Great Lakes Championship Wrestling has teamed up with Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore. Uh, you know, Tommy is, a, is a, just a, you know amazing uh, performer. He's an amazing promoter. He's, what he's done with House of Hardcore and what he's built with that thing is just incredible. Uh, it's a great partnership. The Great Lakes Championship Wrestling has been around for several, you know, for quite a few years and built a great reputation in that Milwaukee area. And, uh, and, and teaming up with Tommy and House of Hardcore, I think it's going to be a magnificent show. So just come on out and support us and have, come ready to have a good time. It's going to be a great show. Uh, and uh, come watch me beat up Dave Hero. Probably be my last, uh, my, my parting, my parting message. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Where can we find you on social media? Uh, I'm not on. I'm, all, I'm only on Twitter. Uh, but please follow me on Twitter. I'm, I'm at the Real Abyss, all one word. The Real Abyss um, on Twitter. Nice. And uh, yeah, please follow me. And uh, also, too, you can go to my website. It's uh, www.themonsterabyss.com. Uh, as well. Awesome. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, that's uh, at the Real Abyss on Twitter and www.themonsterabyss.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Abyss will be on Blizzard Brawl this Saturday. Uh, Milwaukee. Uh, he's got some. He's got some things to bring to Milwaukee, and uh, they're not going to be nice. So <laughs> watch out. Watch out. <laughs> watch out, David Hero. <laughs> yeah, David Hero's hearing distance of my voice. Be careful, my friend. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. I appreciate uh, appreciate you uh, being on you, the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. My you pleasure. Bye bye. Bye bye. Ladies and gentlemen. Abyss, thank you very much for coming on the show tonight, man. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, TNA loyal, TNA through and through. Uh, he bleeds, you know, he, he live, lives and dies at uh, TNA, man. Uh, probably the most loyal uh, person from TNA. Um, you know, a lot of people, including myself, have a lot, you know, of, of critical things to say about TNA. Uh, but uh, Abyss is, is one of those people who uh, will just, you know, he will he will defend TNA uh, till his last breath. So I definitely gotta give him kudos for that, ladies and gentlemen. We have a packed show tonight. Without further ado, from the record, New Jersey's own my guy, former Bleacher Report, Bleacher uh, feature columnist, f- former fellow uh, feature columnist, uh, Bleacher Report, uh, Mister No, not none other man. This this is uh, there's only one uh, Robert Aiken Jr. that is a wrestling extraordinaire and he is on the show tonight how are you tonight sir what an introduction i gotta say that that was that was phenomenal thank you for that thank you <laughs> uh four and a half years, you, you gotta hype me up where i go places man, that's... <laughs> my pleasure four and a half four and a half years of, of this show man i've uh i've learned a few tricks of the trade uh that i can um you know I get someone excited about being on the show, and I hope I did that for you. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Good stuff. Abyss, man, what do you think? Um, you know, I got to say, I don't, I got to say, I was listening to the, the interview, and I don't really know a lot about Abyss going into the interview. And 
mm-hmm. you know, but like you said, he's, he's a, a true uh, guy to the business, true guy to, uh, to TNA, very, very loyal to his company. And uh, I got to say, I learned a lot about him just listening to the, um, to the interview that you had with him, just 20 minutes. And, and now I feel like I know the guy a lot more than just the guy with that. I'm not yeah. going to any more, but uh, it sounds like a great guy. It really does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks once again, uh, Abyss, for uh, being on the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, headlines. Here we go. So the announcers were told to call the Goldberg versus uh, Brock Lesnar match uh, like a fight uh, for the sake of knowing that the crossover uh, audience will be glued into that match. Um, You know, we did see ratings spike uh, during their times uh, on Raw. Uh, So, you know, it was it was it was supposed to be called like a shoot style MMA fight. Do you think, Robert, that the WWE is trying too hard to try to reach that audience? Absolutely not. In fact, I would say that they should call more matches like this because I, you know, I, I've, I've since I've gotten the network, I, I've really made an admission of myself, and it, it hasn't gone to a to too much fruition lately. But I've been trying to watch every episode of Monday Night Raw from the very beginning, from 1992, and. You can see a lot of similarities between the original shows with um, with, with Heenan was on that show, McMahon was on that show, uh, I believe Mongo was on that show, and uh, you know the references to pop culture and you know the the back and forth. I mean, you, you can only have so much of that. While I love um, having a guy like Byron Saxton get uh, destroyed by Corey Graves on commentary. I I love the fact that they can keep it more on a legitimacy. I I think you, know, you saw that with, over the summer with uh, CWC, where there was no back and forth between Dana Bryan and uh, Moro Ranallo. It was really all about what was going on in the ring. You know, Moro does have his uh, his pop culture references that he likes to whip out, but they kept it in the ring. They kept it about what was going on, and it, it didn't matter what was going on elsewhere in the world. It was about the fight and always about the fight. And I got to say, I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I can respect that view. Um, I'm critical towards it uh, because pro wrestling is not fighting. It's not an MMA to to me. And, you know, and and this is, uh, uh, again, from, you know, everybody who listens to the show, (laughs) Uh, knows that uh, you know I I, I am a traditionalist. Uh, that's where my mind is. That's where my mind's going to be. Um, you know, just as far as just the old the old days, and that's what really shaped wrestling. Uh, and I think the further you get away from that, to me, the further you lose your audience. Um, as far as just the casual fans are concerned, um, I do respect that that it was you know. Uh, it, it was supposed to be, or the, the, the call, or the plan is to was to make it a big fight feel. I do appreciate that. Um, I, I do, you know, I, I do respect the fact that it was akin to Gorilla Monsoon calling Hogan and Andre. That still had a uh, <clears throat> a big a big fight feel to it, and I, and I do like that. Um, but I just don't think that you should compare it. Uh, you as in just just. 
you know, the, the, the booking staff or whoever, the executives uh, in, in WWE, it's just kind of tough to me to try to compare it to an MMA-style fight because MMA, the MMA audience are, is already very critical to the WWE, especially even even the competitors. I mean, like Conor McGregor, he's been very critical uh, toward the WWE as far as just you know the, the, the you know fake wrestling and, and just you know just very critical toward the product. And a lot of MMA you know listen a lot of MMA watchers and diehards are, are the same way. So trying to trying to mirror the two is a bad idea. Trying to call it as a big fight feel is okay to me because I think, like you like like I said, as far as the the Hogan and Andre comparison, that had that same type of comparison to it, and I'm and I'm okay with that. I'm I'm okay with that type of that type of uh, feel uh, toward the match, the irresistible force versus the immovable object type of large and in life feel. I, I'm okay with that. While we're on the subject of uh, mixed martial arts, I will say the last time I was on your show, we were talking, uh, we led up to uh, CM Punk's uh, UFC debut, and I told you mm-hmm. uh, that he needs to watch out for getting choked out, rear naked choke early in the match. And what happened? He got rear naked choke early in the match. So <laughs> I am one for one with predictions on your show. And you are. Pro- you are. Probably You're with higher, up on up a thousand percent, though. So. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you. I'm glad you. Uh, you mentioned that. Uh, kudos to you for uh, for that. Uh, I need to know uh, next time a uh, CM Punk or Brock Lesnar uh, comes on. Uh, they next time they're scheduled to appear on an MMA fight. I'll have you on the show so you can so you can give us another prediction as well. Well, it may never happen again, but uh, you know I, I will say a, a broken clock is uh, right twice a day. So there I, I won't give myself too much credit. <laughs> there you go. Ken Doan, um, uh, former guest on the show here, uh, he was fired from his day job. He worked for a nonprofit organization, uh, fired from his day job due to calling off uh, missing too many days in hopes to uh, gain a full-time position for the WWE. What's your What's your take on that? Um, I, I've always liked, uh, as he was he was known uh Kenny Dextra, I believe is his name. Mm-hmm. Kenny Dextra, yep. Um I always thought he was great the the first time around with the the Spirit Squad. But uh I don't know, I I just while I enjoy the work that they're doing right now with the Spirit Squad with him and uh with him and Mikey, I just I don't see it being sustained long term. And I of course can be wrong and especially you would have told me when SmackDown started that you'd see Heath Slater and Rhino and James Ellsworth and and everything that you have, um, I wouldn't have believed you. But, you know, I, I just – I don't think it was the smartest idea for him. I, I think it's a matter of him just trying to recapture what he had when he was – he was like 20 years old when he mm-hmm. began with the Spirit Squad initially. And uh, he got himself into some bad situations. They got him out of WWE. Great that he was able to make it back in, but um, I, I don't know if this was a good move for him. Uh, this was – I think he should have not quit his day job – to go to go away from the uh, the old mantra. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, there's nothing about Dykstra, um, and 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 he's a he's a great guy. I mean, we've talked many times uh, outside of you know the show, 
Um, really good guy, young guy, still, you know, 30 years old. You know, it doesn't seem like it because, you know, 10 years ago he was tag team champ. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, you know, the the thing is he's really in great shape now. He's really uh, real, real big, you know, he's a big health guru now. Um just a just a wellness blogger now, and it's got a lot of good things going on for him. And it's just, and I understand, you know, I've had I've in, interviewed I don't know how sixty seventy people now on the show, and um, you know I've great, built great relationships with people outside the show that I've interviewed within the four and a half years that I've been doing this show, and and I understand even more now as a journalist and a podcaster, um, just the the passion. And the itch that people have, um, no matter what you know situation they went through uh, with the WWE, it's still that itch that that's there. Just as a wrestler, I understand that, but it's just at the end of the day, and I'm sure the money's you know better, uh, but of course money isn't everything, as we've seen with Cody Rose, who we'll talk about just in, in a few, and Ryback as well. But it's just. I don't see, and it's unfortunate because I really, you know, speak highly toward Ken, but I don't see a prominent spot, you know, similar to what you're saying. I don't see a prominent spot for Ken. I don't see that in his future. Um, and if he does get signed, which, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if he did get signed because, you know, I'm sure they're trying to beef up the SmackDown tag team roster, uh, similar to what they were doing anyways. But, you know, the past few times, it was good when the, when he was with The Miz, but the past few times, he's just been jobbing out. And, you know, do you really want to lose your day to, job to a nonprofit organization to job out every time, you know, still trying to recreate the Spirit Squad, which, you know, <laughs> is is not is not revived, you know. But that was the best thing he had going, you know. When he tried a single run, it was decent. Um, even had a victory with Shawn Michaels, but you know he, he's got a ton of potential. But I just don't see a prominent spot for you know Ken to make that decision to just drop you know his his day job or drop drop caring for his day job in hopes you know for a plan B, which. I really don't see much going for him or Mikey. I agree. I mean, I I, I won't against the guy for sure, but uh, I just I don't know if it was the best move for him for his career. But uh, again, I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way. You like to be proven wrong if that's the case. Absolutely, absolutely. Cody Rhodes uh, he wins the GFW Global Force Wrestling uh, Next Gen Championship, uh, his first championship since uh, leaving WWE a little over six months ago. Um, you know, kudos. It, it's you know, I wrote about this on the Inquisitor. I actually I wrote about this on Sports Kita. Um and I and I said, you know, hey, listen, it's this it's the mid card championship for Global Force. Uh, but I think the meaning of it is it's much bigger. You know, at this point, you know, he's reviving the passion that he had for wrestling. Uh he's had an opportunity to be in some great matches. Uh, Marty, Marty uh, Scroll uh, for the uh, uh, BOLA, uh, Best of Los Angeles for PWG, um, for uh, a, a Kurt Angle twice. Uh, both of those matches were phenomenal, and he's and he's really had an opportunity to to you know 
have some really, really good matches. Um, you know, his, his stint with uh, TNA, uh, with Mike Bennett, uh, with Eddie Edwards. So he's had an opportunity to just really recreate himself, um, you know, as a, uh, as a, as a wrestler, uh, as a, as Cody Rhodes, you know, he, he's really reestablished himself, probably the hottest freelance, uh, uh, wrestler going today. Uh, he he has a match against Jay Lethal, you know, my favorite, uh, in a few weeks. So, you know, it, it's, it, yeah, it's a mid-card championship, but at the same time, um, you know, it's, it really seems like the, the, the glass ceiling has been broken as far as just him having his own schedule, um, really appreciating the, just the the aura of the crowd again instead of just, you know, jobbing out the Titus O'Neil of Stardust. I, I agree with what you're saying. There's a couple points to it. I remember the last time I was on your show, we were talking about people to bring back with the branding extension. He was one of the names that I had named just because mm-hmm. I felt, you know, his, his time with WWE is not over. You know, I, I don't think it's a, a bridge that's been burned completely. And I still feel that way. Um, I, I love the fact that he can go to, um, he's, he's going to a company that's not very well known. And, you know, usually when you see a notable name go to a, up and coming, you know, upstart young company, they immediately grab the uh, the world title, and mm-hmm. he didn't do that. He, he's not their guy right now, and that's okay, because if anything, it builds the depth. The fact that it took him this long to actually grab somebody else's championship, and he didn't even take the top title, so it, it says a lot about the guy who is the world champion uh, for for them and. Uh, you know, just, just for the company as, as a whole, because he doesn't want to feel like, you know, that that he has to just jump over everybody. That right. he has to be the top guy because of who he, you know, who his daddy is or you know, his, his experience at WWE. He, he's literally starting his from the bottom, and uh, you know, we, we've seen that we've seen that happen with uh, with guys that have gone away, including his brother. His brother, you know, was in the limelight. And he stepped away and he came back and you know you can argue that that Goldust is, is putting on some of the best matches that he's ever had since he returned mm-hmm. to WWE. So you know it's never too early, uh, never too late, I should say. And uh, you know congratulations to, to Cody and uh, you know hopefully hopefully more uh, great things will be coming for Cody because I think we can all agree that that's probably going to be coming for him. Yes, yeah, certainly. And I agree with you as far as I don't believe that this is it for Cody and WWE as well. You know, I just really hope that next time he comes around, they do give him his fair due. He's he's a world title competitor. I mean, you know, the, the very fact that throughout the entire time of him being the WWE, he, you know, he just really turned, you know, crap into gold, you know, just about every time, you know, he was handed uh, a crossroads, you know, tandem with, with uh, Damian Sandow that just came out of nowhere. You know, he was able to make that work. He was handed a, a tag team with, with Drew McIntyre, Drew Galloway. He became, you know, tag team champion. He, was thrown into a feud with the Big Show, made the Big Show, you know, create the WrestleMania moment. You know, he was, you know, he was given stardust out of anything, uh, and he was able to, 
you know, being a, a WrestleMania ladder match uh, for the Intercontinental Championship and, uh, and, and, and team with Goldust and feud with Goldust. And so, you know, there were so many things that he was given, and I totally understand. I read his little manifesto. Well, it was, it was lengthy. Um, and, and, uh, and I understood. I really understood the fact that he just really wanted to kind of really spread his wings. And, uh, and I, we see that now with just the opportunities that he's been getting uh, over the past six months. And kudos to him, certainly. I interviewed his wife, Brandy, on the show. Uh, and you know she's uh, <laughs> she's a competitor for TNA. It's it's it, you know it's kind of tr- cringeworthy to be honest with you to see her compete because uh, you know it, it, oh, the matches that I've seen on TNA with her has been uh, it's been really rough. But at the same time, you know, hey, she's uh, she's growing. Everybody had to everybody had a starting point. And, Absolutely, uh, this is her, you can see it with people like Candace Michelle who were, you know, was right. involved with Playboy before she even came into WWE. Trish, and, and Trish was a bodybuilder. A couple of people, mm-hmm. you know, they were actors and act, uh, actors and actresses that, that make it. But, uh, you know, she's under the tutelage of, of her husband, Cody, who, if you remember, you, you, know, you mentioned all those other things, he had a bad, bad mustache and somehow got that over. So right. it didn't take a lot <laughs> right. for him to get anything over. So it's it, it, even if her ability doesn't improve necessarily, her character can drastically improve because mm-hmm. she's still into the best. So Absolutely. I I would I would not be uh, sold just yet on uh, on Brandy Rose. I agree. Very very good point. Uh, another little Cully Rose bit here is that uh, in a recent interview he was uh, he he told. <laughs> He he basically exposed the fact that he was never uh, scheduled to go against his brother, uh, Goldust, at WrestleMania. It was never in the books. And as many times as you know, you know, people have had rumors and you know written about uh, that being you know penciled in for WrestleMania. He claimed that it was never even considered. So that's really really interesting. And they did blow it off the month before, I believe. It was like Fastlane or whatever the Feb- February pay-per-view was before then. I think it was Elimination Chamber. There was Fastlane. Right. So I think, I think it might have been Fastlane at that time. I'm not Fastlane, sure. yeah. Yeah, so it, it was just a blow-off uh, match that they had and nothing really different. And, and so that really surprises me because it just seems as if that was going to be one of the biggest, you know, uh, things. Cause I, I remember they had kind of a running thing going on for the, for a couple of years with the Royal rumble. Uh, one would eliminate the other or try to, and Cody would eliminate, you know, dusty and I mean, Dustin and, you know, just the, the team that they had and then the split and dusty coming back, uh, you know, on air. And it really seemed like the culmination would have been, you know, dusty, you know, refereeing a, uh, brother versus brother match, but it just really surprised me that uh, you know, according to what he's saying, that wasn't even on the books. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to say, as upset as I would be to not see that match because I think it was a match that people were building up for a while. Um, you have to look at what a WrestleMania card usually gives you, and you know, the time it's uh, given to certain matches. I mean, uh, Cody was involved in a, 
it was a, a mixed tag match, uh, WrestleMania 29, that ended up yeah, it was cut. getting pushed off. It got cut, and it ended up getting pushed off to uh, the night after. So if you if you build that up, are they gonna have to cut it? How much time are they gonna give it? You know, are they gonna yeah. give it the the spots that it did? You know, that they were they were good enough to even his last uh, meeting appearance in that uh, that ladder match for the Intercontinental Title, even as Stardust, you know, he was able to bring out the the ladder with the polka dots on it, and just the, mm-hmm. that spot right there alone, you know, made it worth it for him to be there. You know, and, and as much as I'd like to see that match, they're not gonna give that match 15 minutes. They're gonna give that match eight times. You know, there's yeah. gonna be some spot after the match or before the match, and it's it's not gonna be what everyone would have thought it to be. So I, I can understand them blowing it off because they wouldn't have done enough justice with it. They can't because there's just there's so much more that you have to get out of WrestleMania. And there's so much mm-hmm. more you have to do with WrestleMania than having a brother versus brother, which unless yeah. it's a high profile thing, just isn't going to, they're not going to do enough with it. So I'm happy with it. Cause I wouldn't, I would have been disappointed probably. Yeah. I would have too, if they would have cut it for sure, especially if they would have had, you know, booked Dusty to be a special referee. Um, but you know, the blow off match the, the month before just, really diffused the anticipation for anything else. Um, so, yeah. Ryback, yeah, I mean, this is very, yeah. very interesting stuff. Ryback basically getting, basically getting blocked from, you know, from comments that he's uh, said. He, he, he stated that the WWE is blocking him from trademarking the big guy uh, phrase. And I don't know if they're doing that in, in hopes of trying to get him back or when he does get back, he doesn't. I don't know exactly what the purpose of, of them blocking that is, but it doesn't make any sense whatsoever to me. Like, you know, based on the long blog that he made, you know, again, it goes to show similar to Cody that money isn't everything. He, you know, he was promised a, a prominent heel spot. He was promised uh, a feud against AJ Styles, a successful feud against AJ Styles, uh, multiple losses against Kalisto out of anybody for the U.S. title. Never had an opportunity to, you know, gain the upper hand over there. So, you know, we as spectators saw the many, many empty promises that they that they gave Ryback over the past uh, couple years at the at the late at the least you know the time where you know he was feuding against Mark Henry and, and went to a WrestleMania match and it really seemed like he was going to beat Mark Henry just to lose against him which it just didn't that didn't make sense either so there are many empty promises that they gave Ryback and just now you know it, which makes sense of why he would want to again spread his rings uh, but you know, to, to try to block him from using the big guy moniker is, is it, to me, it's just it's it's incredibly petty. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to go back to backstage politics with all these guys. You know, you, you'll see guys that'll that'll leave the company and they'll say certain things, and uh, you know, they don't like that very much. You know, you you have a guy like Cody Rhodes who, what he says, you know, he leaves on good terms, so. So, um, you know, for for what it's worth, it's just, I don't know. Um, you, you have to 
I lost my train of thought here. Um, you, you have to. Um, wow. Okay. Backstage politics. Yes. Yes. There it is. So backstage <laughs> politics. You know, he he um, he rubbed the wrong the he rubbed people the wrong way, obviously. So mm-hmm. um, why would they be okay with you using certain things like that? I'm sure that a guy like Cody Rhodes could. Um, could kind of do what he wants. I mean, not that he's going to rub off on the Stardust or anything like that, but uh, you know, there's certain things that he's going to be playing ball with, with them with, and, and he can come back with that. Mm-hmm. What Ryback's doing, you know, by, by legally changing his name to Ryback, they can't copyright on him because it's legally his name. You know, that, that that's just stuff that you're doing. You're obviously telling people you never want to come back here. You don't want to be on board with them, and and that's the stuff that you see with some of these guys when they come back. That uh, you, know, you wonder why a guy like Warrior takes however many years in order to come back and, and be in their good graces again because of you know petty things like that and going back and forth. So do you want to be petty? They're going to be petty right back to you. I understand it. I mean, I would think that uh, you know maybe they don't need to do stuff like that, but if, if they're they're getting trashed, then. Are they going to make it easy for the guy to um, to use the celebrity that he got with them to become a bigger deal? Of course not. Why would you? Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, I can definitely see that standpoint. Um, you know, and and here's the thing: based on what you said, I, I do I do think that it's important to to note that if you know. If someone's telling the truth about the fact that they were given empty promises, I mean, you know, that <laughs> I don't think it's his or her responsibility to uh, to not expose that if it needs to be. You know, if, if you know, we're talking backstage politics here. Uh, you know, if someone's disappointed with being promised something multiple times, and of course, you know, it's coming from Ryback's mouth. Um, you know, so. You know, I'm sure that there's some passion with that, and there may be some embellishment, but I can certainly, you know, see. I I, I wouldn't say that he's just flat out lying. I mean, it doesn't seem like it, at least. No, Um, you know, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. Um, So, you know, with with that, I think that it's still it's his podcast. You know, he, he, you know, he. The first I listened to bits and pieces of. Parts of you know a podcast of his podcast. Um, I think I listened to the first one all the way through, maybe the second one as well. Um, but I remember the first one he was talking about, you know how hey this is his opportunity to just you know talk <laughs> talk about his experience in the WWE, and so he has that right to to do that. It's his podcast. He's sharing things. You know uh, about his experience in the WWE, and if that's what he wants to talk about in his podcast, I mean, he has the right to do that. So, I, I don't think, from a WWE standpoint, if, if he's just telling the truth and telling you know the, the listeners what happened, you know, I, I don't think that I don't think it's there. I, I don't think it's a, a matter of WWE saying, "Oh, we're going to do something back to you. You want to talk about us? We're going to make sure that." You know, and I think that that's not fair. You know, in my opinion, I don't think it's fair for for them to block him from getting a push in WWE and then block him from, you know, trademarking, you know, and, and making money independence too. So yeah, I, th- I think that's a, a bit petty. 
Samoa Joe, um, they're reportedly expected to stay uh, in NXT for a while. Um, he, of course, he won uh, against uh, Shinsuke Nakamura takeover Toronto, um, and you know he's he's expected to to, to be on the the roster for a long longer uh, next week. Uh, actually, this weekend um, they're supposed to be in uh, Japan, I believe, on the third on Saturday. Um, they're supposed to be, and that's uh, Shinsuke Nakamura's, you know, uh, his country, Japan. So that they they're thinking about you know changing the championship and in uh, an elaborate form uh, to a, Nakamura's home country. Uh, but still, with that, uh, he's still expected to stay in NXT. So, what are, what are your thoughts on that? As far as you know. Uh, Samoa Joe um, really not being considered reportedly to be called up anytime soon. Um, I, I think it's the right move to, to keep him where he is. You know, truth be told, um, the the drafted a lot to take away some of the best parts that NXT had, and not to say that NXT was stripped completely clean, but um, they they need to rebuild, and you need a guy like. Samoa Joe to, to help them rebuild. You, know, you can't just take people like Nakamura and Joe and Austin Aries and Bobby Roode and just put them on the show because if you put them up there, you know how much time are they really going to get? You know, if you put if you put Joe on SmackDown, for instance, you're going to give him a squash match in five minutes, and he's going to be considered what like a Braun Strowman or a Aaron Corbin type, you know, you're not going to be able to give him enough time two hour or three hour show. Meanwhile, keeping him as the guy in NXT, he doesn't have to be on every show in order to be a big deal. You'll see what happens to a guy like Apollo Crews, who is a great uh, part of NXT. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you you put him on, on SmackDown, rightfully so, he deserves it, but, you know, you don't see him every week. You see him, he's on there for a couple of minutes, and, you know, he's in matches with Kurt Hawkins. No offense to Kurt Hawkins, but, um, you know, Hawkins is a veteran, and, and Cruz is coming up. It's it's not the right spot for him, not yet. You know, maybe he never has to come up necessarily. Would that be the worst thing if Samoa Joe never even made it up to the next level? I think he will eventually, but right now it's just not the right I 100% agree. I, I don't think... <clears throat> You know, it, it, it's some. It's it's that grass is greener, you know, mentality sometimes, and you know, and a lot of times it's not. It's it's not greener on the other side, and, and Apollo Cruz can certainly uh, vouch for that one. And it's sad too because you know Apollo Cruz being called up, it was incredibly premature, incredibly incredibly premature, and we saw that just you know. The, the night after Mania when he was coming out on Raw, there was no type of backstory. There was no vignette. He just he just came out, and people were like, uh, okay. You know, it just – there was no setup for us to be invested in the character of Apollo Crews. And I, and I say this all the time. You know, wrestling is, a, is more about what happens outside the ring than what in, you know happens inside the ring. You can be the best wrestler in the planet. You know, you can be someone like Apollo Cruz. You can be someone like Neville. You can be someone you know like Yoshi Tatsu. But 
if we're not invested in your character, it's just another match. <laughs> and, right. you know, that's the thing with Apollo Crews. Right now, there, there is absolutely no character that is presented with Apollo Crews. He has fantastic matches. He is a phenomenal athlete, but that's it. That's not what wrestling's about. This isn't right. gymnastics. This isn't catches catch can or or mat wrestling. You know what I mean? That that's that's not what professional wrestling, the art of professional wrestling, is about. It's about investing in characters and having the bonus of enjoying good matches. And if I'm not investing in you as a character, <laughs> I can I can forget what you just did within the you know five or seven minutes of my time. And unfortunately. Um, someone like an Apollo Crews should have stayed in NXT uh, to really further develop his character. That's what happened with Tyler Breeze. You know, he kept having incarnation after incarnation of different things. Tyler Breeze caught on and, you know, it seemed like he was there for a long time and longer and longer, but he became so over that when he got caught up, it still wasn't very good, but at least he came with something. You know, and uh, with Apollo Crews, is not that. With Samoa Joe, he has the character. You know, he has the experience. But at the same time, if you and if, if Triple H is really gung ho about really uh, making NXT a, NXT a standalone brand, you're going to need those heavy hitters. And you know, similar to Finn Balor and Bailey, you know, comments that they've already made, both of them so far. I mean, even with the universal championship win by Finn Balor, people still wasn't sold on Finn Balor. Um, so I think that both of them, especially Bailey, um, experienced a lot stronger reaction and stronger support uh, in NXT, and it shows. And I think with Samoa Joe, you know, yes, he has a character. Yes, he's been in the game for a while. But I don't think that he'd be one of the top names if he went on SmackDown. You know, he'd, he'd if he was a heel, he'd feud with probably Dolph Ziggler or something like that, and and it just it'd just be another run in the mill mid card feud that you know no one would really have a lot of investment, <laughs> a lot of investment Absolutely. in. You know what I mean? So I, I you know, and, and like you said, you you need those strong names. Uh, in NXT if you really want to make it soar. I mean, the Ty Dillingers are really helping. Bobby Roode is gold, you know, in NXT. And Samoa Joe is a heavy hitter, you know, and he won't have that same type of aura on a main stage if he, you know, if and and most likely when he gets caught up. I agree completely. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the Raw and SmackDown uh, review. Uh, It's going to be uh, very interesting. Here we go.
So let's start with Raw. Robert, what are your thoughts? Um, truth be told, I didn't get to watch much of Raw last night, um, so I don't I don't have too much thoughts. Uh, I do know that um, splitting up Jericho and, and Owens is it's it's about time. Yeah, you know, they keep teasing it, and if it's finally happening, it's finally happening, which is great. Um, getting a little tired of the flipping back and forth between Sasha, Sasha and Charlotte. Like it becomes. They have a match on Raw, Sasha wins, they go to a pay-per-view, Charlotte gets it back. They have a match on Raw, Sasha wins, they go on a pay-per-view, Charlotte gets it back. So maybe have her actually finally beat Charlotte on pay-per-view. I know that they like to build up that streak, but I think maybe it's time. Mm-hmm. I agree I, with, with that very much. I You know, just this does constant flip-flopping of the championship. Now, I understood, understand one time, you know, the time when she had that back scare, and they thought that uh, she was going to be out. Um, so they, they, you know, threw the title on, on Charlotte, but I have no idea what the reasoning was behind uh, Hell in a Cell. You know, there were, support, there were some reports that they were going to, you know, put Bailey in Sasha's spot, uh, but, if, you know, that, that hasn't happened, you know, and so I, I don't see the purpose of keep going back. I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of like crash TV attitude era stuff that, you know, you would have, you know, the road dog have the intercontinental title and then, you know, the Godfather and, you know, those, you know, those, you know, series of intercontinental title reigns, you know, during that time, it really didn't mean much because it just kept flip flopping just around. And I think that, you know, you, you have to be very careful with that when you're, telling the story when you're developing characters uh, because at the end of the day, the title is what they buy for. And if it just keeps getting flip-flop, I think it diminishes the investment as a spectator. And, it, it, you know, it was a good match. I, I enjoyed the match. Um, but I just think it was – I wasn't as invested because it's been going on just about the entire year. Uh, and then, you know, and, and on top of that, it, it just, I don't know, just, just the bank statement using the rail, and then that was just kind of an anticlimactic way to, to really end the match. Um, I wrote an article today on Sports Kid about uh, uh, a, a reported um, uh, way, the reason why they they, they did it was, Potentially to have Flair be involved come roadblock, but I really hope that it doesn't lead to Charlotte winning it again because yeah, just too much, just just too much between the two, too many matches uh, all together, and I just think that Hell in a Cell in Boston should have ended the feud. Um, I think Nia Jax is the perfect person to be um, the next. Uh, Foe, the, the the next nemesis for Sasha Banks. I think I think Nia would have been a perfect choice, but you know I, I just you know I I don't I'm not a big fan of just the the constant oversaturation of the matches and the title changes. As far as Jericho and Owens are concerned, I I don't want them to split up uh, just because. I like the tease, and then you know Kevin Owens when he lost against Roman Reigns, and I'm a Roman Reigns guy, but I'm I'm, I'm not 
interested in the Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens match at Roblox. Not not one iota. Um, uh, just because one, we just saw the match, and two, uh, I, I don't see Roman Reigns being a dual champion, especially if it's not going to be for the U.S. Championship. So something has to happen that leads to me being interested in in, in Royal Rumble. You know, as far as the direction that either of them go. I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, I would actually be uh, a bigger proponent if somehow, you know, Chris Jericho beats Roman Reigns for the U.S. title within the next three weeks. uh, And Jericho and Rollins uh, has a title with it. I would be much more interested in that. Um, Just because Roman Reigns not defending his championship and Kevin Owens having to defend his just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and, and I would like the split to happen sometime next year. I mean, it really depends on how, you know, long we have Jericho, uh, who's just gold you know, on the mic and just his character is phenomenal. And there are some reports of him winning the, uh, uh, the Royal Rumble, um, I, I don't see that happening. It would be great, but I, I don't see it happening. I, I hope I'm wrong, just like, you know, we both said uh, as far as uh, before, uh, another situation. But I, I I hope that if they do break them up, um, Jericho kind of sees the light and, have you know, has one more uh, baby face run before, to me, it's, it's, you know, he calls it quits. He's you know, 46 years old at this point, and uh, he's been just one of the best they've had in the past 20 years. Um, so, uh, you know, well, what, 17 now, came in 99. So uh, I think that, that if they do split them officially, it should be Jericho kind of seeing the light, not for him to stay a heel and, and job out to Seth Rollins for the 18th time, which he'll probably do at Roblox again. Uh, you know, I just don't see much in that. If he he's already lost against Seth Rollins multiple times on Raw, and for him to, you know, lose to him on on Roadblock, what would be the what would be the point? Right, I, I get that. Yeah, it, it, it's tough. Yeah, it is. It, it it certainly is, especially for Jericho because, you know, his character is amazing. But, uh, you know, he's not really putting people over if he doesn't really build himself in the ring as a strong heel. So, um, as far as SmackDown, what, what are your thoughts on the, the Ellsworth deal? Uh, and leading up, you know, it's a go-home show for uh, for TLC. Uh, and we'll get to predictions of that here in a moment. Uh, there's only six matches <laughs> that's recorded right now. Uh yeah, I mean, SmackDown has been like two hours and 40 minutes, two hours and 30 to two hours and 40 minutes on the pay-per-view um, since they've been, you know, the four, the past four months since they've had their own exclusive pay-per-views, which I'm not a fan of that. I'm, you know, from a from a traditional standpoint, I, I, I three hours is pay-per-views, but unless it's in your house, which were, <laughs> with the in your house pay-per-views were two hours and they were, they were rough most of the time, uh, but but uh, yeah, you know, it, it, SmackDown. It just they they were running neck and neck with Raw until Goldberg and Brock Lesnar just really set Raw 
you know, leaps and bounds ahead. And just the, the James Ellsworth in the main event with AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose, who has wrestled many, many times, and their their feud is getting stale. Uh, you know, SmackDown is continuing to diminish for me. What do you think? Uh, I'm not a big fan of the Ellsworth thing. I, I couldn't really deal without it. But I got to say, watching tonight, you can see um, main event of Horton and Wyatt against American mm-hmm. Alpha with um, the last segment involving Rhino Harper. and Heath Slater. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So just that in a bubble. You would have pitched that to me when they did the brand split. I would have been like, that would never happen. There's no way. So I got to give them credit for giving talent an opportunity in big-time matches. I mean, mm-hmm. Jason Jordan tag Gable against a guy in Bray Wyatt who has wrestled Undertaker at a WrestleMania and uh, Orton, who's been a world champion multiple, multiple times. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. And I, I think it's really going to do wonders for them as, as a whole. You know, that that's why I have faith in seeing a guy like Apollo Crews on SmackDown because I think they can make a big deal out of him. I think they can make a big deal out of some of these guys. And oh, yeah. I, I gotta say, I'm 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 pretty thrilled still with what SmackDown does. I hope so. I've I've been more of a defender uh, for SmackDown since the split, um, but I, I just don't with the Ellsworth deal. Him being, you know, him him being a, a member of SmackDown roster, I'm not opposed to. But you're going to, you know, you're 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 doing main event matches, multiple main event matches, defeating the champion multiple times, and having a future uh, world title uh, spot, which is your second one. <laughs> it just, that's kind of, you know, I, I compare uh, James Ellsworth to Gilbert, and yeah, there's no way in the world that I would imagine Gilbert feuding with someone like a Triple H at that time. You know, and and having multiple matches on you know main event matches and world title opportunities. You know, he was his world title was the lightweight championship, and mm-hmm. that was okay. You know, that was totally okay. Now, if Ellsworth, you know, was he he brought his gimmick to like the cruiserweight division. It was feuding with someone like a Arya Davari or or a Brian Kendrick or Drew Gulak or or, or Tony Nese. You know, that would be cool to me, you know, if he brought his gimmick to the Cruiserweights. But uh, really, I mean, the world title main event spot, I think that's a, I think that's a bit too much. Uh, I mean, you have to imagine that when he's done with this whole thing with, with AJ, where does he go from here? Does he get into a feud with Baron Corbin? Because I can imagine that's probably where he goes from here. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think anyone wants to see that. <laughs> right, yeah. Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the flavor of the week. It's uh, we're going to talk about uh, TLC. It has to do with TLC. So uh, here we go. It is now time for the flavor of the week. All right. So we've been doing a lot of top fives and and. Uh, the past few weeks uh so we are going to continue the top five uh, i'm most likely we're going to run an article about this but uh, uh we're going to jump start the, the top five uh, t- tlc tlc is this uh coming uh, sunday 
And so Robert and I compiled a, a, a list of top five, both both of our uh, top five favorite TLC matches of all time. So Robert, uh, what's your number five? Uh, my number five, I know you said TLC matches, but my number five is We LC. El Torito, <laughs> Hornswoggle, Extreme Rules 2014. We LC. I wish I was in the building. I wish I was there. That looks fantastic. It was uh, it was surprisingly good. I agree. I was it really uh, was. was shocked about that. Yeah, it was pretty pretty good. My number five was Randy Orton uh, defeating John Cena at TLC, um, December fifteenth of two thousand thirteen. They unify the uh, the world uh, heavyweight with the with the WWE Championship with the World Heavyweight Championship. It's crazy. That it's been three years since that. That's been unified. Time is just continuing to go by so fast. Um, but yeah, it's been three years, and uh, it was a really good match. And uh, it was I was surprised to see Orton actually be the one to unify it, but uh, it was a pleasant surprise. What's your number four? Uh, my number four comes from Raw Roulette in October 2002. It was Kane who was not with his partner, uh, the Hurricane, who was injured. He defended the World Tag Team titles against Bubba and Spike Dudley, Christian and Chris Jericho, and Jeff Hardy and RVD. It's mm, a good one. That was, that was a very good match, especially for Raw. Those, those are back when you could get pay-per-view quality matches that were oh, like yeah. two commercial breaks long on a Raw. Yep. You know, I hope we can go back to some stuff like that because that was – and it took up a lot of time, but it was great. I agree. I remember that match. Uh, my number four was the Shield uh, defeating Team Hell No and Ryback at TLC a uh, year before the my number five, uh, December sixteenth of uh, two thousand twelve. Uh, that match to me was just chaotic. <laughs> it was uh, it was the second month that the the Shield was there, and uh, they were very uh, already within the month. You know, they uh, were just really shocking some people. I didn't know that they were going to win. I, I wasn't sure that they were going to win. I thought the team hell no and Ryback was going to get some redemption, especially Ryback. Um, and then that spot that Seth Rollins took, and it was a it was a fantastic match with the Shield coming uh, uh, out the victors. So, yeah, it was it was uh, a great match for me. Number yeah, three. I mean, that, just real quick on the, on what you, yeah. on uh, that match. It was really interesting because you had team the tag team champs. You had the Shield as the first match their first yep. official match for the three of them, and they had Ryback, who was supposed to be in a world title match with Punk, but Punk was hurt. So you really didn't know who was going to get the uh, victory in that, and that ended up being the main event of the, of the TLC, which was very yep. interesting to me. Uh, my, number th- my number three is a match that you had for your number five, Randy Orton, John Cena, TLC 2013. That was a great match. You, know, you have two guys that know each other so well, but they were able to have um, you know, differing spots. It was a big deal. They built it up maybe a little too much, but I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't like the ending too much, but uh, I thought it was a good match for them. Indeed. Uh, my number three was John Cena defeating Edge and Unforgiven, uh, September 17th of 2006. Um, that match was uh, bonkers. It was a lot of uh, tables uh, used, and uh, uh, it was great. I mean, John Cena, I would say probably... Batista and Edge um, is probably his 
best feuds, especially Edge. Um, I've never been too high on Edge, uh, but I think Edge uh, was a really, really good feud for John Cena. Potentially his best. Uh, I, w- I would say Randy Orton is up there too, but uh, Edge was around 06, 07. Uh, Edge and John Cena had some really, really good matches, and that TLC match was was absolutely incredible. Number two. Uh, my number two is John Cena and Edge on Forgiven 2006. There you go. <laughs> uh, like you said, they had some great matches. I think this was their best match ever. It was in Toronto, you know, Edge's hometown in a match that he's never lost before. It was just insane. I mean, the matches that Edge has been in in TLC, and that was probably one of the more insane ones. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, probably about as extreme as John Cena's ever gotten in a, in a match before. Mm-hmm. The F5 uh, off the ladder. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, it was intense, yeah. Um, my number two was uh, Jericho and Chris Benoit defeating Edge and Christian, the Dudley Boys and Hardy Boys, uh, SmackDown of May uh, May twenty fourth of oh one. Um, the Jericho Benoit team, I was always a fan of just because of the power trip uh, uh, team at the time that were so dominant, and them being the underdogs, um, and, and first of all them you know uh, besting the power trip. Uh, and then, you know, uh, having an opportunity to, to um, you know, Edge and Christian being, you know, undefeated in, in TLC matches, um, you know, having a, the, another TLC match uh, that, that that same, you know, year, a month and a half beforehand, and the Dudleys and Hardy Boys as well being in multiple TLC matches, and it being a four-way I, I, I was a big fan of that, and it was on a SmackDown. It was a big fight feel to it, and for Jericho and Renoir to uh, retain their the, the, the tag team championships uh, was a really really big deal for me. Well, no matter one, I get the feeling you have the same number one, Chris. Uh, my number one, know. Edge and Christian, Hardy Boys, W Boys, WrestleMania 17. It's the TLC match that started it all, really. Even though it was the first one, that, to me, was the match that put TLC on the map. I mean, I, I can I can call back a couple of spots from that match alone that just, you know, Hardy off the ladder and, uh, you know, Edge with the spear and just, I mean, name it. Name the spots in that, in that match. It's iconic. And it, it made careers. Which, as great as the matches we've said before, they didn't make careers like like that match did. That made careers. Yep. Surprisingly, my number one was uh, Edge and Christian versus the Hardy Boys versus the Dolly Boys <laughs> WrestleMania 17. There you uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> April 1st, 2001. Uh, yeah, just, you know, they had their triangle match um, at uh, SummerSlam. Um, in 2000, but uh, yeah, this was this was the one here. Wrestle well, first of all, WrestleMania 17 to me was the, the greatest WrestleMania of all time. Uh, and, yes, and 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 this and this match definitely was a, a great boost to an amazing uh, story uh, that uh, was uh, Austin versus Rock, and uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. Uh, 17, I I can watch that 
WrestleMania time and time again, and it was just it was just something about 17 that just really stood above the rest. I'm a big fan of three as well, um, but something about 17 just really you know stood above the rest, and uh, this was definitely uh, a really really huge part uh, in the success of uh, WrestleMania 17. That, that card right, was so, so good. That card was yeah. so good that they had a gimmick yeah. battle royal on it, which is yep. just fantastic. And it's supposed to be like the worst part of the entire night, and it was probably one of the better parts. Like that's how great that night was. Yeah, China and um, and Ivory, I believe, uh, was um, was the WrestleMania 17. I think they uh, for the women's championship, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, you had a uh, Guerrero. And test, I believe. Then you had. Um, let me look at this card right quick. Um, you had Regal and Jericho. Uh, Regal and Jericho was the opening match. Uh, Taz and APA uh, defeated Right to Censor, um, mm-hmm. and um, Kane and Raven defeated Show. That was a great hardcore uh, championship match. For the really uh, like bad said, ending. Oh, yeah. Really bad ending. Yeah, it was. Um, like I said, Guerrero and Test for the uh, Guerrero won the European Championship. Uh, Angle and Benoit was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, like I said, China and Ivory, um, China won the Women's Championship. Um, street fight, Shane and uh, Vince, that was that was fantastic as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the TLC match, like you said, the gimmick battle royal. Undertaker Triple H. It was basically a false count anywhere. It went everywhere. Uh, and, and the second one that we got. Yep, the, yep. The better one, definitely. Yeah. And then, of course, it closed with uh, Austin and Rock, with Austin making the dreaded uh, turn to the dark side. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get to predictions uh, for, for TLC. Um Unfortunately, I'm certainly not looking forward to this pay-per-view. There's nothing about this pay-per-view that just... I mean, possibly the YFME winning the Tag Team Championships. I think that's probably the best thing that I'm looking forward to. I, I kind of hope that they do. Um, I'm not a big fan of Wyatt and Orton together, but I think it'd get... First of all, it would be Bray Wyatt's first championship in three and a half years. How about that? Yeah, that's um, crazy. Yeah. And, and I think it revives Orton's character. Um because he, you know, given him something, and I think it could potentially build a stronger angle. I think that they they wanted to do this with Daniel Bryan um, to, to to extend it longer, uh, but I think at the end of the day, Orton will probably turn on Bray, and you know they're feud again. But him being with Bray lo- a longer period than they would the, what they did with uh, Daniel Bryan, I think it's. It, it's weird, and I'm still a bit critical toward it, but it's still um, it's not it's not surpassed. It's not shrouded by oh, Orton's going to turn. I think he kind of fits with them, uh, kind of not not all the way, but kind of. So it gives them something, giving them a tag team title run. So, what do you think, Slider and Rhino keep it or? Uh, Wyatt gets his uh, first championship since uh, the main roster. I get a feeling that they that they actually retain. You know, I, I just I'm not full of Orton being with the Wyatt. So like I, I know that it, that they they've, they've been together for a few weeks now, but I'm just I'm not full of it. 
I just, I can't no. hold on. It doesn't make yeah. sense to me. It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, I think White and Orton to take it um, just because it'll extend the feud. Uh, probably Orton will cost them the title. Maybe it. Maybe it's uh, um, uh, what is it? Uh, Royal Rumble is the next one. Maybe at Royal Rumble or maybe at like a you know whatever. I don't know who. I don't know who was taking uh, Fast Lane, but um, maybe. On a, on a SmackDown before Mania or something like that to lead them to 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 go against each other at a Mania, um, but yeah, I think this uh, I think they'll they'll win it. Kalisto and Corbin. Uh, Corbin, they they gotta make him strong, and oh, of course, weaker, weaker. And, uh, they need to build him up, and that's the way to do it. Yeah. Uh... A few with Kalisto, to, you know. I, I'm, it's I'm, I'm, I don't mean to be just you know speaking down so much on, on on Kalisto, but I he's not a heavyweight competitor. You know, he's he's a cruiserweight. He's good. He's a good competitor, but there's nothing about Kalisto that's um, intimidating. You know, it's it's just not. Um, Mysterio pulled it off. You know, he's a legend in the business. He pulled it off. But, you know, Kalisto, you know, giving him the U.S. title, feuding against uh, uh, Alberto Del Rio, feuding against Ryback, now feuding against Corbin, it didn't do anything to any of these people. This 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 feud is not propelling Corbin at all uh, because Kalisto is just not strong enough of a character. I, I think Corbin will win. But I really don't see this. I mean, I I don't see the point of this helping him. Um, Nikki Bella and Carmella. Uh Carmella, with the help of a mysterious uh, assist. Yeah. AKA yeah, the, the person uh, who actually attacked Nikki Bella. The assailant. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Who who's who's that going to be? Ah, I'm not sure. I mean, it could be a way to to debut somebody new. Uh, could you could return somebody? I I would say maybe Eva Marie, the returning. Oh, Eva Marie. Okay, yeah, Eva Marie. Uh, I think it's going to be Natty. I think that she's the one who did it. And uh, since the fact that we didn't see her uh, this week, kind of, it's going to kind of up the shock value a little bit. It's not going to be shocking, but it's going to up the shock value a little bit, I think, uh, because of that. Um, Miz and Ziggler, ladder match for their Intercontinental Championship. Miz, we got to be done with this. Ziggler has to move on. And Ziggler can challenge Miles for the uh, world title. I think I just spoiled myself with uh, one of my other picks. Ugh. I don't. I don't want to see Ziggler Styles. Uh, that match would be good, but I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I mean, I like Ziggler. I mean, I was okay with him and Ambrose, um, but I don't. I don't think he has enough star power at this point to to be a world champion. Um, I wouldn't mind, you know, him being in the hunt again, but I don't think he's developing his character strong enough. Uh, I agree, Miz. Um, I want to see Miz and Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> There's something about that I want to see. I want to see Shinsuke revive the Intercontinental title like he did in Japan when it was just as just as special as the World Championship. So 
Um, if Miz keeps the belt for another few months until Shinsuke comes up, and you know, maybe maybe we'll see that at Mania. That would be great. Becky Lynch and uh, Alexa Bliss. Uh, Bliss, new champion. She deserves it absolutely. Uh, I'm critical towards. I, I, yeah, I like Becky Lynch. I think. Still win it. I think she'll keep it. I don't think Alexa's ready yet to me. Uh, I think there's a little bit more time. Her character's good, it's strong, but I don't think um, sometimes if you put the belt on someone prematurely, it, it'll, it'll hurt them. And so I'll give Alexa a little bit more time uh, for that. And then the final match: AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose. It's funny because they've, they've almost built up AJ Styles as if he doesn't know how to make a hard, hardcore match, which is funny. You've known his entire career. That's not, that's not the case. <laughs> but uh, yeah. it, it retains and Ambrose becomes a favorite in the Rumble. You you said Ambrose is a favorite in the Royal Rumble? Yes. One of, the, one of them. Uh, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I've been critical with Ambrose. I don't think Ambrose is, is money. I, I don't think he's a... I don't think he really exudes a main event star um, I, I think that I think the Styles wins. I think the Styles retains. I'm just wondering what they'll do with Ellsworth. I mean, could we see an Ellsworth turn? That would be very interesting. If they that would do be that. interesting. It would be. Um, hey, and Ambrose versus uh, Ambrose versus Ellsworth uh, <laughs> at at a, at a SmackDown before Rumble or something like that. That would be funny. Yeah. Uh, something different, uh, something different for both of them. It's time for them to to go away as far as feuding with each other. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Robert Aiken Jr. from the record. Uh, we uh, hopefully, well, most likely he'll be back on the show. Uh, fantastic job again, as always. Where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me if you want to talk wrestling on uh, at that Rob Aiken. Aiken is A I T K E N. There you go. On to follow him on Twitter. And ladies and gentlemen, that is uh, 244 episodes. Thanks to Abyss once again to be uh, for being on the show. And ladies and gentlemen, God bless you all. And until next week, enjoy your week of wrestling and uh, enjoy TLC. It should be, uh, hopefully it's good. <laughs> and we'll talk and, about it next week. And real quick, congratulations to Rich Swan tonight on 205 Live. Make yeah, sure can you handle this? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad you moment. said something about that. Great uh, I meant to yeah, I meant to mention something about that. I'm I'm so glad you did. Um, so yeah, congratulations to Witch Swan winning the uh, Cruiserweight Championship or 205 Live. And uh, until next week, uh, God bless and uh, have enjoy your week of wrestling. And uh, Chris Featherstone, Robert Aiken signing off. Episode 244. Goodbye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.